Most people don't know what's holding them back, but you do because you listen to me, Sam, your self-care guru and journal junkie. Welcome to Journal Entries, your safe place where you can tune in weekly to get tips, tricks, and journal prompts to uncover your feelings, gain clarity, and make your move. Today, we have such a special guest. We have Judy Holler, who is a keynote speaker, podcaster, best-selling author, and entrepreneur who imagines a world where the word regret has been eliminated from the conversation. We regret things in life that we don't pursue. So in this episode, we dig into how to take action from a place of confidence and so much more. You're going to love it. For the last decade, Judy has built an enterprise that includes a robust keynote speaking business, a top 13% podcast where she shares ideas to help elevate your mindset and take more confident action. That podcast is Yes And... And she's also created a line of personal development products that have gotten the attention of massive companies like the Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, Ford, Marriott, Boston Red Sox, Bank of America, T-Mobile. Oh my gosh, so many more. She has also earned the praise of Forbes and Success Magazine. I think you can tell why I have been geeking out over getting the opportunity to interview her and have a conversation with her. So click into my show notes to learn more about Judy and to also be the very first, the first ever to register for her speaker school course that is only open for registration May 8th through 12th. Okay, let's dig in. Today, we are talking to one of my favorite entrepreneurs, one of my favorite authors, creatives, Oh my gosh, you name it. It is the one and only Judy Holler. Judy, thank you for being here. Holla is so good to be here. And you know what's so funny? Even as you said that, you did something really cool there. Like you introduced me as an entrepreneur, like before you said anything else. I mean, I make my living as a keynote speaker and I, I wrote a book and am continuing. To, I write for a living. I create for a living and all of that. But I, you know, at my core, like I identify the most as an entrepreneur because I just love, um, you know, taking things that don't exist and making them exist. Um, taking those things you do better than anyone else and then go going and giving that in the world. And I think that's how you end up having everything you you truly and getting everything you truly desire. So that just, that just made me really happy because that's an accolade I, I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, that, that's how I see you truly, because I know all of the different avenues that you have of speaking for sure and yeah. the book that you have, but also your podcast and even yeah. your social media presence. I feel like that alone is just so much value. And I, yeah, Thank I feel you. like you're a multifaceted entrepreneur for me. I love that. That's a great compliment. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know who Marie Forleo is? Yeah. Marie Forleo. Okay. So I love, I'm an old school, like 2013 B school alumni. Okay. So she has <laughs> this like course and it's called B school and it teaches you how to build an online business. Anyway, I, you know, spent $3,000 on this course, literally changed my life, like turned a $3,000 course into literally a multiple six figure business at the time when I was just getting started out. So again, like I'm never afraid to invest in myself, but Marie Forleo says this, she goes, I'm, I'd like to consider myself multi-passionate. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to say it. Like, I agree with that on so many levels. And that's what's awesome about the work she does is she really helps entrepreneurs get focused who are uh, multi-passionate because I do believe there's big power. Journaling can really be a great 
tool uh, to help you get focused, but there's a lot of power in focus. Um, because when we lose focus, we, we sort of lose our fortune, but when we can get really focused, we can find our fortune. And, and what I say, when I mean that is like, you know, you've got to start somewhere, right? Pick, pick a place to start get some traction and then allow that to take you into, you know, new adventures because it's in the doing that you find out what the next thing should be. Like it's in the yeses that you find out what the next and should be really, truly. Right. Mm. So we just need you to move faster and be less perfect, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Just keep yes. moving. Yes. I love that because it brought me back to the time where I was first introduced to you, which we were just talking about before starting yeah. this uh, recording, but I was driving down to the Outer Banks with my sister at the time, and I was listening to the audio version of your book, Fear is My so Homeboy. Cool. Yeah. And I, I vividly remember this. And But that was a time where I, I feel like I was waiting for the next thing to do, you know, and like waiting yeah. to start. Yeah. It was a time where I wasn't. I wasn't speaking up for myself. I felt like I didn't really have, I didn't know my voice so that I didn't have one. So I didn't really know what to say. And I was really working on my confidence, but you just, you, you come off as this like truly vibrant and confident person. Have you always been that way? Or did you like stumble into it? Tell us oh your Oh my ways. gosh. I love this question so much. So thank you for asking it. Um, well, I feel like, you know, my, my, la my given last name is holler holla. Like, so I feel like I was sort of born <laughs> to live out loud. Like you can't have a last name called holler and like literally not live out loud. And so I feel like it's a little bit of a soul contract and sort of God's plan, right. That I, I sort of have this, um, this gift that I have of, of, of sort of, energy and, and light work in the world. But that said, um, yes, I have a light inside of me and I am one of the biggest Frady cats you will ever meet in your entire life, which is why I feel like I am authorized to write a book called fear is my homeboy because I am a student of the work. And so to confidence, here's what I want to say to you. Um, I think a lot of us assume that you need confidence to go new, do new, hard, scary things. So maybe it's, um, go on a date or start a business or, you know, uh, speak on a stage or put yourself out there on social media, like the millions, be a mom, be a stay at home mom, leave corporate. Like there's start lifting weights in the gym. Like there's all these things maybe we desire to do, but we don't feel confident in our ability to go do it. So guess what we do? We, we do nothing, right? Um, fears won the game, like fear won you zero. So here's the thing. You actually don't need confidence to go do new, hard, scary things. This is the hack. It's the doing of new, hard, scary things and living to talk about it that actually makes you more confident. So like if you, I work as a keynote speaker full-time, that's how I make my living. It's the love of my life, okay? If you were to look at my very first speech, and oh, by the way, I speak on stages around the, the United States and beyond now about courage and reframing fear, but I started 10 years ago. If you saw my first speech, it, it was about personal branding and like a social media presence and like all of that, right? And probably not the best, maybe I'd look at the video and go, oh, a little cringe. You know what I mean? Like my yeah. earrings were too dangly and they kept hitting the mic or just all these things you don't know when you don't know what you don't know, right? So the reason I'm saying that to you is, yeah, 
your first speech shouldn't be the best speech, right? Your first anything, your first draft shouldn't be the best, right? It's in the repeated attempts of doing scary things that you build the confidence to keep moving. And really, truly, confidence is a conversation mostly about a tolerance for pain. And I think over the years, the way I've been able to reframe fear and do brave stuff in the world and really look confident is because I am confident. I'm confident enough to know that I can live to talk about it. If something fails, like I don't, I have a high tolerance for pain, pain being failure, embarrassment, judgment, people not getting it, right? We can't stop that from happening, right? right? But this is my life. And these, this is my game. And these are my rules, right? And what I know for sure is that if I just keep moving, it will figure itself out. And the more I do, the more confidence, the more confidence I instill in myself and the more confident I become. So you don't need confidence to go do new scary things. It's the doing of new scary things and living to talk about it that actually makes you confident. And one more thing, confidence hatches more confidence. Like it's contagious, just like compound interest in the bank, like collects upon itself. So does confidence. So does courage. So does creativity. So we got to play with it. Like we got to play with it. And if we're not working with it, like if we never are getting uncomfortable, if we're never facing fear, how do you expect to get brave? You know what I mean? Mm, Like if you're never putting yourself in the arena, well, it's going to be hard to, to feel confident, right? You've got to go do hard stuff and go, Oh, look, I did it. Okay. I didn't die. I still have a heart. There's still oxygen. (laughs) I still have a dog that'll snuggle me at night and a husband that loves me and a roof over my head. Like what's the, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, but aha, what's the best that could happen? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the question I'm chasing. And that walks us right into confidence. Yeah. So it sounds like once you are in the flow of confidence, good word. Yeah. It's, it, it's easy to like, feel the fear and do it anyways, you know, Mm -hmm. that quote, but what about, and this might be kind of two questions in one, what about the person who is experienced doing the thing and like totally like failing and like Uh stumbling and feeling so embarrassed Totally. like how would she start again but then also the person where she is doing the thing but doesn't have enough like like the word that's coming to me is gumption to keep going like she's she's stuck in the comfort Mm. of where she's at oh okay okay so let's talk about the first question um the person who's maybe completely bombed or yeah. um, has made an epic failure and like, or publicly embarrassed themselves or just embarrassed themselves in general or whatever, right? They've put something out, mm-hmm. launched and it didn't work. Like make a post in one like, like whatever, <laughs> get on stage and have a thousand ums and blank out. Like, hi, speaking from experience. So again, um, it's a reframing and um, the way I reframe it. Okay, so let's go to the improv theater. My work is, all my work is inspired by the improv theater and improv theater um, is a form of live comedy. And the twist about improv theater is that we have no script, the plot, the storyline, the characters, the dialogue, it's all made up on the fly as we go. And we use our training, our improv training tools like yes, and et cetera, to succeed and sort of move forward on stage without a script. Okay. Um, so improv, one of the things you learn pretty quick because you have no script and you will fail is that 
you have to figure out failure. Um, and actually you're encouraged to fail, like fail hard and bomb hard and a lot because it's in those moments that actually you learn your biggest lessons, but also you sometimes receive your most um, thought provoking and surprising reactions from your audience, right? Because it's you really <laughs> being you. And most people look at improvisers and go, oh my God, how do they do that? They're so magical. They have this like potion. They can just do the impossible. Um, so when we mess up or when we have mistakes or when we get it wrong or when we bomb, it's so relatable to an audience and they lean yeah. in and love it even more. So that's lesson number one. You are a human being. And Anybody who witnesses anybody else making a mistake, um, unless they're a complete sociopathic narcissist, has to have a moment of go, oh my God, she's just like me. Did she just mess that up? Or, oh my God, like, okay, <laughs> I would so do that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So that's number one. It's a reframing, like we're all human. Everybody poops, right? Nobody's better than anybody. So like, come on, right? And then yeah. also number two, my thing is in the improv theater, we say no mistakes, only gifts. No mistakes, only gifts. Um, I alluded to the fact that a lot of times our mistakes, the thing we say that we're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that, but we say it because it feels right, gets the best reaction. So it's a gift, right? We we If we would have overplanned it or overthought it or, or over-systemized or over-rehearsed something that would have never organically happened. So no mistakes, only gifts means you're going to do something and you're going to win, which is awesome, or you're going to do something and you're going to learn which is also awesome. We don't lose. So like, take it to the keynote stage. I can't even tell you how many times I'll do, I, I just use this example because this is what I do for a living. And most of us are afraid to speak. So I have had power go down in front of thousands of people. I've lost slides. I have fallen off of stages. I was doing an, an improv game one time. Oh, and I had a great joke in my back pocket. Cause like, I'm always thinking about what's in my back pocket. So it's like something along the lines of like, oh, I really fell for you guys, but I said it way better. And the whole audience <laughs> lost it. It was great. I was doing an improv scene and have a, had a heel fall off, like fly off my foot. Cause I kicked up in the air and it hit oh a woman gosh. in the head and she was not happy about it. She was okay. But again, you know, you're going to have weird things happen. So cool. Every time that happens, it's like a number one, look what I've just done here. It's a story, a gift, mm -hmm. something for my books, something for my social media, something for my newsletter. It is content. Cause you know, as a creator, I think in metaphor, but it's also like, what a, what a education. So mm -hmm. if I know I could lose power, am I prepared for that? Like, and I think a lot of people assume, you know, improvisers, because we have no script, we just wing it. No, we're some of the most prepared people you'll ever meet. So I would say to anyone who is in too deep with the fear of failure, or maybe you've had a failure, get a list going. What did you learn? What did you learn? And how are you stronger, faster, and smarter? What a great journaling prompt. And how are you smarter, faster, and stronger on the other side of that perceived, perceived failure? Or did you try something recently, something new out of your comfort zone? And did you win? Great. How, what did you win? How are you more confident? How are you different on the other side of that that success, right? That win. And the same goes for, for a loss or a, a perceived failure. Um, final thought here is, you know, as we transition on to the next, the next scenario, um, Sarah Blakely, CEO, founder, creator of Spanx. Most women are going to be head nodding right now. We all know Sarah Blakely, <laughs> Blakely. Okay. So billion dollar company. Okay. Like what a, what a, an incredible, um, icon and sort of role model for a lot of women in business, but she grew up in an environment 
So I encourage every woman listening to steal this idea where, um, you know, in the 80s, 80s, early 90s, you know, they were sitting around, you know, we didn't have a lot of social media stuff like that at the time. And, I, you know, I think we were in sports, of course, but it just things were different. There was a lot of dinnering that happened around the, the dining room table. And she was lucky enough to grow up in one of those families where they had dinner together most nights, five nights a week. And her dad had this thing where she goes, I kid you not, every night, five days a week, at minimum, the first question around the dinner table that my dad would ask my myself and my brothers, I think she had two brothers, was what what did you fail at today? What'd you get wrong? And it would mm. be, I didn't make palms or I failed science <laughs> or, you know, Carrie was mean to me or whatever failure or whatever it was, right? And what he was doing in that moment was giving them a really beautiful, powerful reframe. And what They'd say their failure and then the whole table would throw up napkins in the air and hoot and holler and celebrate and applaud and, you know, pop the non-alcoholic bubbly. What do they call that? Like it's like a little, you know, they do that fake champagne sometimes at Christmas yeah. for kids, but you know what I mean? And she's like, I grew up in this environment where failure didn't feel so scary. It was, it was rewarded because it meant that I was getting stronger and more confident. And the next time it happened, I had a higher tolerance for pain. And I think that is the essence of the advice I'm trying to give here. Like you need reps and you need to reframe it. So did you win? Great. If you didn't, what did you learn? And then how are you better, stronger, smarter, and faster on the other side of it? Um, that is how you take your power back for sure. Mm -hmm. No mistakes, yes. only gifts. So really thinking of the the other side, the kind of getting over the yeah. hump of where you're at, which I feel like that's a really easy place to settle of like the clouded yeah. vision and really think of like the, what if though, you know, yeah. like what, what if it goes if it right? Yeah. Yeah. And what if, what is the best that could happen here? Kind of coming back to that prompt, but yes. Like mm -hmm. what is, we're so quick to dress rehearse tragedy. You know, it doesn't mean we're not thinking about it. I am always thinking about, okay, I'm about to go take this podcast interview. For example, I, I, I podcast for a living. I'm a professional speaker. I do a lot of press. You bet your bottom dollar. I went on, learned about your show. I made, made sure I knew what we were going to talk about. I read through any emails that came through. I have a notebook and a pen here. Like I am ready. If I lose tech, I've got a backup plan, but I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm prepared. Right. Um, I've got notes on my computer here. So if there's a story I want to pull from, so you see what I'm saying, I, you'll never catch me winging anything. And our preparation can become our best friend, certainly in high stakes scenario. And I really think how prepared you are is how pro you look in life. And this can help you navigate. Like when you are prepared, you also feel a little less nervous in high stakes scenarios too, or, you know, you sort of, um, rock with failure a little bit differently, or at least reduce the odds of failure happening because you've got a, a few bags in your, a few little bag of tricks, you know what I mean? A few, um, mm -hmm. little tricks in your back pocket. Yeah. I love that. So then what about, the person who is in there, you know, doing the thing, Yeah. but yeah, she just needs like that discipline to, to keep going, to keep doing a thing or, or do the thing she's not doing, but know that she needs to. Oh my gosh. I know this person, um, because I am her some days. Um, but I know better now. And I know better now for, for two reasons. Number one, I want to talk about the D word that you just said, which is so important. Discipline, like is the name of the game in, in anything you're building, whether you are trying to build a healthy relationship or you are trying to build a straight up business. Like it is not easy. It is not easy to get into, um, anything new, you know, whether it's raising kids or raising profit margins in your business. So it's going to require focus 
and discipline and habits that last like high performance habits, which is why I couldn't say yes to your podcast and what you're doing fast enough, because journaling is a beautiful way. I find when I get off of that hustle and that 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 commitment to myself, um, man, I'm I'm a different Judy. So discipline is the name of the game. So discipline is hard though. Discipline is really hard. Um, so I say two things. Number one, hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. Right? Mm. It's what do you want? Right? You want a you want a good life. You want an easy life. Right? It's hard to save money, but if you want to have an easy life, right, and sleep good at night, you save the money. You do the hard thing. Like if you have a toxic relationship with someone in your life right now, maybe it's a parent, like a mother. Um, the hard thing is to pick up the phone and have the conversation, but it's going to give you a lot more ease in life and more ease on the other side. Maybe it's a breakup, a toxic friendship that needs to go away, like a business decision you need to make, like hard choices easier life, easy choices, doing the drive-through ghost in the gym. You know what <laughs> I mean? Not picking up the phone and making the sales calls, like all that uncomfy stuff, mm, hard life. You know what I mean? Hard life. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. What do you want? Easy life or hard life? This makes discipline a little bit easier for me because I want, you know, I don't, when I say easy life, I'm not trying to say there's going to be no pain, right? Like you've mm -hmm. got to dance with discomfort. I mean, you want to push yourself and you want to rub the edges of discomfort and joy. But at the end of the day, you want to have a good life and feel mm -hmm. at peace most days, right? So I know that's going to require me doing the hard things. Um, the other thing I would say is for the woman who, <laughs> And I know this woman so well because I am her some <laughs> days when you you like you just are finding yourself on autopilot, maybe, or you are just so deep in overwhelm that you are doing nothing and you're just going to wait. You're going to wait. You're going to wait for someday, someday when I have the time, someday when the kids are grown, someday when I retire, someday when I get married, someday when I have a spouse, someday when I quit my job, someday when I move to this city, like we will someday syndrome ourselves to death. And I think it's really one of the most deadly fear diseases out there right now. We are constantly waiting for someday, right? Um, so what you need to know, and this is the truth, about fear, like the real root. If I could like sum up my book in like one sentence, this would be it. Fear has one job, one job, one job and one job only it's to stop you. Like it's so basic and so boring. That's all fear. That's all fear <laughs> is made to do, stop you. So knowing this is really cool because it means you have the antidote, the potion, the magical way out, movement. Yes, I'm afraid. And here's the next thing I'm going to do. The first thing I'm going to do, the next step I'm going to take. You don't need a magical five-year plan or a crystal ball. You don't, because it's all going to change anyway. It's all changing in five seconds. Everything's changing every freaking second. The world is yeah. insane. Cool. So yes, I feel fear in this moment and, or I feel overwhelmed in this moment, but I am not fear. I am not overwhelmed, you know, but I feel it. So cool. What's the next thing I can do? If you know fear's jobs to stop you, you've got the you've got the potion and it's movement, small baby steps. And I think so many of us assume we have to have this like seismic shift or make this big move. Sometimes the brave thing is the smallest thing. It's just the next thing. You know what I mean? It's saying, no, no, I'm going to start in my journal tonight. Great. 
your, your beginning. And then tomorrow morning, what can you do? Great. I'm going to set my three priorities for the day. And I'm going to really focus on those. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to any request that comes in. That's uncomfortable. It's a hard thing. Ooh, but easy life, right? So mm -hmm. it's this reframing and it's the, the, the game you're playing with fear. And it's really the game you're playing in life and in the world, like this notion of like, who's, you know, I want it to be like Judy one fear zero today. You know what I mean? Not fear right. three Judy zero, right? Like, <laughs> so again, easy or hard you pick, but overwhelm um, typically means you're lacking a plan. You can't imagine yourself. You don't even believe it's possible. You can't see yourself where you want to be. And you're probably got some time management issues. Um, Brendan Bruchard calls it the pit of overwhelm, P-I-T. And I love this, steal it. Uh, so if you're overwhelmed, you don't have a plan. You can't imagine yourself there and you typically um, don't have a time management plan in place. And then of course, just reframe, like remember fears there to stop you. And last thing I'll add here for her, the one who is like in someday syndrome and waiting and sort of stuck maybe on autopilot in her own way. Um, fear is always the strongest at the finish line. Mm -hmm. Like, Right before you're gonna, like, I'm about to put my first course out into the world. Okay, two weeks. We launch in two weeks. Open Reg. It's my first course. It's gonna be so dope. I've, I've been waiting 10 years to do this course. Not waiting 10 years, but I, I it's like been 10 years in the making, right? Mm -hmm. And I, oh yeah, oh, fear is here. Fear is here because you start questioning everything. Oh my God, how will I? I look like an idiot. I'm selling too much. This is so uncomfortable. Who's gonna buy it? Well, I'm an idiot. Like, again, I look stupid. Look at my hair and that. Oh my God, like you start just, never mind. Let's just wait two more weeks. So, you know what? let's do it in the fall. Like you start like, so fear makes you feel like an imposter. Like you're not good enough. Like you're, you start to self-sabotage. You start to dress for her tragedy. You get into all the stuff that could go wrong instead of all the stuff that could go right. So remember that. So right before you make the ask or pick up the phone or put your feet on the line or step on the stage or launch or ship or do or go. Like I'm going to start the podcast. Like, and I'm going to do my first, like fear is going to be the hottest and the heaviest in that moment, because what happens when you do it, you change. And when you change, fear loses control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you may not need your fear enough as much anymore. Like you may not need it. So fear's like, no, 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 you can't leave me. You can't leave me. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep you right here, right? And I think that, that notion keeps me awake at night in a really good way. I just have to remember like, so now when I feel fear, like right before course, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm doing it right. Like if I'm afraid, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. Like if you're afraid, probably doing it right. You know? Mm -hmm. I love that. I felt like that was like a gut punch of the <sighs> fact that you change, like- Fear requires you to be a different person if you accept that fear and do it anyways. But I love that what you called yes. it was the someday syndrome. I usually call it paralysis, same thing. But yeah. for me, I feel paralyzed sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm not usually mm -hmm. like a, I'll do this when X, Y, yeah. and Z happens in my life, but on a daily basis, like posting paralysis is when I oh. like, oh, I'll think of a post later, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love that the someday syndrome, but also just like doing it. And one of the challenges that I gave one of my private clients was what, exactly what you said was to say no. Yes. And I could, I do zoom calls. And so I told her this challenge and I could physically see her, you know, shift and get a little yeah. bit uncomfortable and and all of that. And I know that behind that is 
a sense of guilt mm. of like, but I, that means that I am not being that person for her and I'm putting myself first and the guilt yeah. of, of that, of putting yourself first and doing the thing. Like we've talked a lot about taking action and doing the next step. And what would you say for the person who feels guilt for doing that? Well, A, you're completely like 99.9% .9 of women in the world. Some of us just know how to move through it faster, right? Like move faster, be less perfect. But also like, there's this notion of like, it's your life. You get one shot. The clock is ticking. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm in this camp of like, I study women who set boundaries. Like, I love when a woman tells me, no, I study her. I'm like, you good girl. Good for you. Look at you telling me no. Look at you setting that boundary. Like take notes, take notes, right? Like, so I'm in this camp of like, stop hating and start studying, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I think women are so hard on other women, but you know, the big thing to remember is this, like, no matter what I do, like, if you say yes, they're going, they're going to judge you. If you say no, they're going to judge you. So, you know what I mean? Like we get so worried. I, I say this from the stage in one of my keynotes, like we get so worried about people not liking us and judging us and making fun of us. And we feel all this guilt. So we just people please everybody. And we do all the things everybody wants us to do. And then we're always last on our own list, like always, or we're not even on our own list. And then one day we wake up and we're 75 years old and we're like, what the heck just happened? I am, I missed, I missed so much. You know what I mean? Um, but, but we're so worried that people are, are going to judge us and not like us and make fun of us and talk about us. The cold hard truth is this, and I hate to break it to you, but people already don't like you. People are already judging you and it's okay to be laughing and people already don't like you. So the question is usually in a keynote room, I get a collective, amen. Like everybody feels this, right? Like, so who are you living your life for? Who are you raising your kids for? Who are you, who are you building your business for? Like, who are you in the gym for? Really, you should be in the gym for yourself because when you work, everything else works better, including your kids and your family and all your stuff. When you don't work, none of it works. Like, mm -hmm. you are a business woman, right? You're, you're, you know what I mean? Like, you're a businesswoman, yeah. but you're a business woman. That's a Jay-Z quote. Like, I'm not a businessman, I'm a <laughs> businessman, right? Like, let's steal it. Like, I, yeah, I'm a businesswoman, but hold up. I'm a business woman. Like I'm a business woman, right? Like, like I'm that first, I'm a business first. So I really talk a lot in the book, um, fear is my homeboy about really thinking like a CEO, the CEO of you, like no matter who you work for or what you do, you're a business woman, right? You're a business first. And then when you mind that business and you really keep it well-oiled, it all works better. So tell us about your chorus. You've, you've mentioned it a few times and I want to know like, who, who is your ideal person? Do you want the sequin person or do you want the person that like knows she wants to wear the sequin and isn't yet? Oh, I <laughs> love the ideal both. person. Okay. Part? So yeah. here's what it is. I will give, send you a link. Uh, don't forget to uh, send me a little email and I'll get you the link. So we have a landing yes. page with all the information that's coming. Um, that's dropping like in the next 24 hours. But in an essence, this is called speaker school. I know really creative, but you know, sometimes <laughs> when we get too creative, we lose people, but it's really about the business of keynote speaking. So it's for two, two people. It is for the person who wants to literally speak for a living like me. I wanted to be a keynote speaker. I knew I wanted to speak. I just had no idea where to start and no one was telling me anything. And, uh, 
there's a lot of poser nation out there and a lot of people telling you like the five minutes to famous and all that stuff. So I wanted to like debunk a lot of myths and do tell the real deal OG keynote speaker insider scoop on how to go be a speaker. It's for that person. It's also for the person who maybe has a business or a brand and she knows that stepping on stage and shining a light on that business will grow her business, her following. Listen, if there's one thing I know for sure over the last 10 years, when I, when I got in this game, I had like maybe 500 followers. There is nothing that will grow your business, your brand, move your product, any of it faster than getting on stage. And that is so scary. So I just teach you how to do it with confidence, with swagger. I, I'm not a coach. I'm a teacher. I teach you how to contract yourself, how to deal with audiovisual, how to navigate fear and your mindset, how what to wear, what to do the night before, how to do rehearsals, like all of it. There's three parts. Last thing I'll say, there's three parts. Um, it's really about building a business. So what does the opening act look like um, for you? And then it's about um, being the headliner, right? Like getting the stage. What do you do when you're on the stage? And then what happens on the other side of the stage, the legacy you'll leave, right? Uh, the encore on the other side of the stage. And so how are you protecting yourself in all of those, those ways? So um, yeah, it's, it's, we're really proud of it. It's gonna, you buy the course, you get lifetime access to it. You get access to me for six months and my keynote speaker friends, we're going to do live coaching and give you all the insider access, take it even further with live calls. And then, um, I'm very excited about this too. I'm going to pick one person to go behind the scenes with me and actually fly with me to a keynote and like truly get a rockstar VIP experience so they can watch me in action. And then, um, you'll also get like step-by-step -step keynote instruction. Like I'm going to give you one of my keynotes and teach every second of the way. So you can see how I put my keynotes together and the formula I use and how I create each and every talk I write, you know, so whether it's a sales pitch or, um, a true presentation, we kind of cover it all. So we're, mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. It's about five and a half hours of content, like 50 handouts. It's going to be pretty juicy. Yeah. So cool. we're, we're, we're really hyped. Speaker school. I had it as a note to say, did I really see that someone is coming with you backstage? Like that sounds so cool. <laughs> Yes, I am going to pick someone. We are going to pick one person to get a true live. Like we're going to fly them. We're going to pick the best stage. They're going to be able to shadow me through the whole experience. Come backstage, green room, watch me tech check, sound check, do the presentation. What, how, like they get that whole, I would have killed for something like yeah. that when I was coming up, you know? Yeah. So, um, and we'll do it in a big space too. So yeah, I mean, just a lot of opportunities and this is just the beginning for speaker school. Like we are so excited about it and I'm I mean, truly, I feel like um, it's just the next evolution of my work. There's so much pain. Uh, I've made so many mistakes, so many failures. I've had so many wins. And so like, I'm even sharing my contracts, all of my legal documents, like everything I use, mm, like hey, all of it. So you don't even have to like, like, so you just yeah. get it all. Yeah. So, and just to reiterate, because a lot of my listeners, I don't know if they have the vision. I think after this call, they might have the vision to be a keynote speaker and speak on stage. But also you said it is good for the person who wants to be able to like speak to their business and like show up yes. on social media. And I feel like social media has given everyone a microphone, right? But you have to know how to turn it on and use it. 
This is the truth. Stages look very different these days. And if you have a business, you need to be on stage. So maybe you don't want to be a keynote speaker, but there's nothing that's going to grow your following, your list, sell your product faster than you getting up there and slaying it. So are you ready for it? Like, how should you look? How should you vibe with it? Should you, how should you be rehearsing? How are you protecting yourself? Do you understand audiovisual? Do you know everything that could go wrong? Like, I want you to get up there and be ready to slay it. Like you may be an accountant, but you, and you have a dope accounting firm that you love and you got podium time at a local event. This just happened here in Arizona where this girl was so, so afraid and has this beautiful business. And she had a choice to make. She could either let the fear take over. And, you know, when you can't get up stage on stage and confidently articulate what it is that you do, you're not going to sell a lot of confidence in your business. But if you can, like, mm -hmm. we don't expect you to be a professional speaker, but you have to get up there and sell. You have to be able to pitch. You have to be able to promote yourself. And that is speaking. That is performance. And there is an algorithm to that. So whether it's on a main stage, a podcast or whatever, whatever, you know, I just think either one of those women, you don't have to want to be a keynote speaker. I think they would really, really yeah. leave this course going, oh, wow. Like my soul is shook. And I also like, now I want to go get on stage. And now I know where to go find the stages. Like, I think people don't even know how to find opportunities. And there's so many yeah. opportunities to go get booked, uh, paid or unpaid and, and how are you leveraging them? Right. Uh, and mm -hmm. either scenario. So like I geek out, I'm sweating. I could talk about this all day long, which is why <laughs> I know I created the right course. Cause speaking has just changed my life so much. And, um, I want to help other women do it too. So we'll see. I'm, we're really excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited for you. It's, it thank sounds you. incredible. Yeah. Thank and you. Judy, you, you are incredible. So thank you, you so much for your energy and your heart and sharing everything that you put out into the world and definitely for being on this podcast. I appreciate you so much. Uh, back at you, Sam. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's journal entry. I love connecting with my listeners. So make sure you screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at samantha.s.says so I know you're listening. And don't forget to grab your free training and journal prompts at www.samanthapenkoff.com forward slash podcast.